You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan Estates invites you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Here's my work wife, James Hartigan. For the last time this year, happy birthday, Joe. Let's kill this in the new year, please. Coming up on today's show. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to become funny. It's. <laughs> I think we finally got there, and not anymore. Uh, it's the season finale today, my babies, so we're going to pat ourselves on the back by reading your reviews and begging you for more. Want to give us a Christmas present? Leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever. Seriously, it's all we ask for Christmas. Please give me or James a present. Subscribe, like, comment, hashtag poker in the ears. We really could use it. I'm not joking. James, am I joking? Joe, you never joke. I never joke. Uh, on today's show, I had a fun weekend in Las Vegas that included some stand-up comedy. Oh, apart from that type of joking. Sorry. That's right. That's uh, Apart from the part I get paid to do. Uh, we had some stand-up comedy. We had some poker commentary. More on that a little bit later. I also did some commentary on Live at the Bikes eSports night with the artist formerly known as Ruthless, a.k.a. Adam Levy. He is our guest today on the show. He was an easy get. Uh, James just wished me a happy birthday again. <laughs> and recently, there was a, a real birthday of sorts. Uh, it's the one year anniversary of Poker Stars VR. And we've got one of Poker Stars VR's biggest stars joining us for Superfan versus Tapes. Her name is Growler. Her real name is Jody Ann. Just now finding that out, despite the fact that I've spent hours speaking to this woman. By the way, they take this very seriously in VR, using their VR names. I, I didn't learn anyone's real name in VR. And the one time I asked, people were like, <gasps> So what's so your like, name in Pokestars VR? I don't know. I think it's Stapes or Joe Stapes. I don't know. Uh, I'm lucky. I get to get away with that shit. You uh, should have come up with some ridiculous name. And then you have people wondering, is it actually him? Like, uh... Stapes fan 420 or something. Uh, Growler is on the show. She's challenged me to uh, trivia about PokerStars VR and James. I'll tell you right now, uh, I didn't get a chance to rewatch PokerStars VR before the show. <laughs> Shocking. So, uh, before, you know, considering she's the person who mostly taught me how to use PokerStars VR, PokerStars VR, I can't even say it. Uh, she's the person who taught me how to do it, more or less. Uh, I'm not liking my chances. I mean, I never like your chances, so what's new? Um, what is new? What's new in the world of Joe Stapleton? Well, let's talk TV for a second, because okay. Sunday nights are once again becoming a big TV night. Uh, that Sunday Night noticed, Football James, on NBC, yeah. Nope, still not doing sports. But uh, but but shows, if you notice, are coming back to the, the weekly format. Yeah, well, I mean, there's always been a few shows like that. I think the most famous example is Game of Thrones, where you had to watch sure. it episodically week to week because people just couldn't shut up about it. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to watch some of the streaming services like Disney Plus and like Apple TV Plus now offer new shows on a weekly basis rather than drop them as box sets. And guess what? I will allow it. I really think that the binge watching of TV, I, you know, my memory sucks, but I think it does sort of, uh, it doesn't stay with us as much when we binge these things. And the fact that there are a few shows that are week to week right now, I'm into it. 
those the two of the biggest that I'm talking about right now are Watchmen and Mandalorian. Watchmen is obviously on traditional TV, right? It's HBO, so that right. would always be on weekly. And Watchmen, I am uh, pretty much up to date on. Oh, no, they've got one episode to go, one episode to go. But I'm very much enjoying that. I did see the first episode of the oh. Mandalorian, and. I am completely on board with your analysis. Jury is out. I don't know what to think. All I will say is I really like Star Wars and I really like Sergio Leone Westerns. I don't really need to see those two styles combined. Yeah, um, I'll say this. Uh, having watched a few more episodes than you, I'm still into it. But again, it's very slow. Um, and the the episode that just aired has the most that's happened as of yet, which is hilarious because 99% of people that I saw responding to this on social media were like, Oh, this episode is amazing. And the one guy that I, I I'm really into his stuff, Joseph Kahn, poker player, um, movie director, music video director was like, this is awful. Uh, now it's becoming like a TV show. I hate it. <laughs> right. Okay. Now it's popular. I hate it. Exactly. Um, so, but yes, the latest Mandalorian episode, and as you know, it's not really much of a spoiler. There is a quote unquote baby Yoda on the show. And I mean, all I would say is, is you I can't would be die. on the internet. You can't be on the internet and not yeah. know of the existence of this creature. That's not I actually Yoda. I would absolutely Yoda. die for baby Yoda. It was CGI character or not. I would fucking lay down my life for baby Yoda. My girlfriend, the entire time is like baby Yoda is hungry. Why is no one feeding baby Yoda? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Uh, I'm shocked you've had time to watch any of these shows because just following you on Twitter, you seem to be from city to city working. You've had a tough seven days. I, I have had – I wouldn't call it tough. I mean, let's be honest. Coal miners have it tough. But, yes, uh, it, relative to my general lifestyle, it's been busy. Very quickly, I know you're one episode behind a Watchmen. The one that just aired uh, was written by my friend. Uh, the guy that I've mentioned uh, multiple times, he's written for uh, uh, The Good Place and for Succession. And this latest episode of Watchmen is written with, by him and Damon Lindelof. And it's fuck. I cried, uh, I think partially because I was so proud of my friend. But the newest Watchmen episode is incredible. Uh, watch it when you can. Yes, I've been all over. I went to uh, Vegas for stand up comedy night. That happened on a Friday, and I just want to give my heartfelt thanks to the poker community because as of uh, 9 p the show starts at 10 p.m. As of 9 p.m. on Friday night, we had sold 25 tickets. By 10.30 p.m., we were standing room only, and they were giving people – they were still selling tickets, but they were giving people a half price because there were no more chairs, and I owe that largely in fact to the poker community so many poker players came out poker media poker players uh, it was a wonderful night we had a fantastic fantastic show to close out the year i i believe uh, kind of like this show uh not a hundred percent we'll be back next year but i'm pretty sure given audience reaction that we will be next back next year just want to say thanks so much and it was a great run so far well i was going to um, ask you because we are back in vegas next week are yeah. you doing any gigs while we're in town i don't have any plan no i just want to have a, a, a nice few dinners with you guys okay uh, i am doing some run it up streams literally uh james the night you and i finish what we're doing three hours later i'm going to go to the run it up studios and do some streaming from there overnight. And I, I think I mentioned last time how difficult the 
overnight streams are. This particular one, I had some major stomach issues oh, man. during the stream. Like, you know what it's like to have to run to the bathroom for a number one. I had to run to the bathroom multiple times for number two. And my co-host, all he's perfect. All he said to me was, this is why I don't get smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was disappointed when I tuned into whatever event you were streaming from the Sydney Star Wars the other day that you weren't in the Twitch chat. No, I wasn't because they, they were like, we have a computer set up for you. Everything's great. And s- probably smart on their part. Uh, they didn't have us logged in. Right. So you could so see I, what was being said, but you couldn't respond. Yes, which is probably a rule we should adopt for any future live streams we do, or I couldn't actually write into the chat. Therefore, anything I wanted to say that wasn't fit for broadcast didn't get said. See, I was having great fun saying, no, Joe is in Australia. This event is in Australia, and he's clearly there, and he's got to fly back. <laughs> and it's like, no, they're doing, they're doing the commentary from, from, from America. So, no, look at the event. It's the Star Sydney. They're in Australia. Star Sydney. Look, I mean, I was on Sydney time. I more or less was in Sydney. Uh, that was really fun. So we have more of those coming up from Star Sydney. Uh, over, uh, they, they're they doing uh, broadcasts all week. I'm taking Thanksgiving off, at least from that. But I am doing a VR stream, uh, a cash game stream, with, I think, uh, all of the uh, the Poker Stars stars that are still around at this point. Uh, we'll be doing that in a couple of days. Actually, probably the day that this podcast gets released more or less will be on for that. Um, I did have a, a, a huge, huge stand-up gig last night. This is what I want to ask about because as you know, I'm not as familiar with some of the big names on the U S comedy circuit. And so when you name drop, sometimes I'm like, Oh, no idea who that is. But I get the impression that the gig you did last night was with someone who is quite significant. Yeah, a huge uh, stand-up figure and also movie, TV show figure. Uh, David Spade was on my show last night. It almost didn't happen. Uh, the guy who – so it was at a, uh, a place called The Laugh Factory, which is sort of the number two uh, comedy venue in town. And when I say number two, it's by a very close margin. It's still a massive comedy venue. And uh, the guy that booked me for it was like, look, I love you. I want to help you succeed. I'm going to book a huge act for this night that you're hosting uh, in November. And he booked David Spade, which is almost as big as it gets. Unfortunately, he quit the venue over the weekend. So I was kind of in the weeds, not knowing what was going to happen. And we had a very awkward situation where he told me the more, the merrier have a gigantic guest list for this show. And so I emailed them my big guest list earlier today and or yesterday. And uh, what happened was the show also sold out and I had a big guest list and I ended up having to turn people away who showed up to to come get free tickets to the show. And I was mortified and sick to my stomach and had to send a lot of people home. And if anyone's listening to the show, I'm so sorry that that happened. I gave out a bunch of free tickets for other nights. Uh, so it almost didn't happen. And right up until they called my name to go on stage, I was still dealing with this, which made doing comedy difficult. Uh, when you're dealing with admin, you know, James, we do our broadcasts, right? You wear many hats Yeah. at this point. And oftentimes they're counting down for us and you're still dealing with, with some of the admin and it's very difficult to perform of course. under those situations, but we did perform. Everything went great. 
as far as the show is concerned. Here's the here's the drawback for doing a big show with a big name. He didn't see me. <laughs> he didn't see me perform. Oh, what, he what showed he? up about five minutes before he was supposed to go on stage, and uh, he saw me introduce him, which I didn't offend him. Well, there you go. That's that's a hundred percent of the battle, as far as I'm concerned. Um, to end your busy week, comedy in Vegas, commentary in Vegas, the stand-up gig last night. You also did this live at the bike stream, right? Yes, I did. This there was uh, an Adam Levy uh, pulled me into this. They do an esports night every once in a while, and I don't want to sound like an old man, and I don't want to sound like an asshole, but oh my god, is esports way bigger than even I assumed it was? Oh, we had huge. We had nine guys on who were either owners of esports teams, manage esports teams, uh, worked for big video game or software companies that had esports teams. This is, oh my God, did I kiss their butts, James? Oh, did I kiss these guys' butts? Esports, let me know if you need me to put in a good word for you. That is where it's at <laughs> right now. So many just really powerful people in this field and they're all young guys like yeah. I, I spoke to an ex-girlfriend and i was like hey i'm doing the esports she's like oh when i picture esports i picture a frat house with beer cans and i'm like no no no, no. picture multi-million dollar office spaces on the ocean here in los angeles where all these esports teams are located uh, I did. I reconnected with Jay Rosencrantz. Remember him? Wow, that's a blast in the past. So, just for anyone who doesn't know, Jay Rosencrantz was one of the players in this short-lived documentary series from about ten years ago called Two Months, Two Millions. And I think it was Donnie Stern and Emil Patel was some of the other players. And the idea is, for these, sure. And these guys were trying to grind like two million in two months. And I think they ended up making about 600 K. So they fell well short of that target. But Jay then went into movie making and he crowdfunded and made this documentary about the history of online poker called bet race fold, which I thought was a really solid piece of work. It was. And at the time I remember being super jealous of Jay, cause he was also doing that, that show, the micros. Yes. Uh, the animated series and now jay has taken those skills and he's applying them to the esports world and so watch for big things from jay and do you remember ryan furpo yes so ryan uh was the director slash producer slash writer for a bunch of uh, really great documentaries that he poker did. stars put out uh, ryan made the uh video the films that we used to put out with the guys from team online so imdb ryan furpo he is about to be a part of many, many, many huge things in Hollywood, uh, esports, not even necessarily. He went on to be like, I just found out from Jay to, to be this huge Hollywood guy. So keep your, he, I think he's working on the Eternals, the Marvel thing. Wow. Like he might be the guy, That's like the, the showrunner for gig. Eternals. Huge yeah. Gig. So, so, uh, this is a really interesting night, uh, working on the esports thing. I was glad to be a part of it, but. Before I get too deep into that, we should probably talk about the guy who pulled me in. Let's let's bring Adam on the show. Absolutely. You may know him as Ruthless. We used to see him on the poker circuit, but we haven't seen him for a while now. Welcome to Poker in the Ears, Adam Levy. Hello. How are you doing? What's, what's up, Ruthless? Hey, buddy. Good to be here. Do you still go by Ruthless at all these days? Do people still know you as that? Honestly, I get called a lot of different names these days. It's kind of just gone beyond like ruthless at this point. I don't. <laughs> there's, I, I'm the the latest name that uh, some of my friends call me is actually 
Dominguez. I don't even know how that materialized, but yeah. Dominguez. I mean, occasionally, yeah, because someone tried to create a nickname with Adam, but it doesn't really work. Like, it's like, what are you, and so at some point, someone just called me Dom, and then it became this whole thing, and yeah. And now Dominguez, the mustache, yeah, yeah, it has to have something to do with that ridiculous mustache that you're still sporting for some reason. Yeah, and, and I I still just really enjoy it. Uh, you know, I had a beard forever and I came home from actually scoop and I just had this angst or it was, uh, yeah. And I had this like angst. So I was like, I need to shave my freaking beard. It was very (laughs) grisly and I shaved it. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I showed my roommate and he's like, dude, you just got to keep the stash. Now I'm just like, I'm keeping it. Or, you know, at least, I don't know, maybe we'll we'll mess around with it a little bit. But, hey, yeah, we're keeping it. Stapes, you should try the stash. You missed out on November. Now, you know, it's almost December and you can't even do it. Look, I, I've got enough bad things going on with my face. I don't need a mustache <laughs> adding to the problem. <laughs> I love the fact that we've just debated the nicknames. I remember the first time you appeared in one of our TV shows, Adam, and we had the whole debate. Well, is it Levy? Is it Levy? Is it Levi? And we did what we do best. Instead of actually go to the source and get the correct answer, we hedged. And so the course of a hand, I think you were called all three names. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, went on a uh birthright it's like if you're jewish you get to go to israel for free and um i I had there was a guy named jacob levy with the same spelling and and it it is levy for me but we went to the the western wall and asked them and (laughs) there was just like a guy there and he was like they asked the top jews james yeah they asked the top jew and and uh he said levy and i was like yes but you know (laughs) No one ever said, I, I really just, I feel like it's probably Levy, to be honest. But they hey. sent Jacob Levy home immediately. He lost yeah. the flip. He had to wear the cone of shame. <laughs> so we were talking about this uh, Live at the Bike eSports night. You, you roped Joe Stapleton into doing this. Um, tell us the idea behind this event. Uh, well, I just kind of um, became friendly with uh, the, the, the eSports lawyer. Almost like there's a, like the singular guy uh, named Bryce. You can believe Blum. that there's such a thing as an esports lawyer, James. But guess what? This guy is rich as fuck. Well, Joe, there's a, there's a fuck of a lot of money in esports, and where there's money, there's lawyers. Duh. I know. I, I didn't realize that until last Wednesday. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I just kind of, I just thought, you know, he had a great bunch of guys that love poker. He loves poker. Hey, let's get these, you know big like these moguls you know in uh esports to come on with some players some in the biz and uh, that was the second time and i was able to somehow get stapes to come on and uh he ran the show and you know it it was great so let me run down this list of people that we had james we had this guy named steve who is the uh, co ceo of team liquid uh, who you may recognize, Team Liquid, from yes. their various dips in and out of poker. Yeah, uh, we had Jay Rosencrantz. We had a guy named Nate uh, from Level Up Recruiting, who like literally is like a headhunter for esports background guys. Uh, a guy named Chris, who is head of esports from Riot Games. Uh, although he just quit, I think that day he goes by the name Chopper, huge in esports. We had a guy named Daniel, who's a Tetris pro. Uh, Dominic Callis, head of operations for Gen G, 
uh, a guy named Sean, who's the founder of Gamely Live, a guy named Matt Alento, who is a League of Legends uh, support for Team Liquid, and I got and uh, Bryce, as uh, Adam just mentioned, the esports lawyer. Like we had some incredibly heavy hitters, and what was shocking to me was even though these guys are in esports and play video games for a living or work in video games, they all love poker. And they, they actually, it was, it was amazing. They played, they decided, you know, you can't play the deuce to seven game, like, and actually give money to each other on stream, but they were still going to play it. So every time, and I've never seen this anywhere, even when you're playing deuce to seven, like in a, in a, like a normal poker game, every time that someone would do it and win the pot, everyone was just clapping. They would like applaud them. <laughs> and I thought it was such a hilarious, I was just thinking about it later, you know, the next day, like that's hilarious. I've never seen that in any poker game ever. So Adam, we don't see you much on the circuit these days. What is your current relationship with poker? Are you retired? Are you semi-pro? Uh, I'd say that I am trying to limit playing poker as much as possible uh, in the short-term future. Um, I think I've been really grappling with trying to do some other stuff outside of poker for years now. And I feel like I'm uh, kind of starting to accomplish that. And I, I think that poker, unfortunately, has a uh, bad effect on my routine and spending habits. So I want to, you know, shore up some other things. And then eventually I, I plan to, you know, return back to poker. I've actually been, you know doing some coaching here and there and uh, actually even like going to a mental coach re regarding uh, Dan Heskett, actually, I guess is his name. Um, and it's been very helpful for when I have played poker. Like I just got ninth in a uh, tournament at uh, the Commerce um, about a week and a half ago. That was the first tournament I played in two months. So yeah, I mean, I still love it and I'm still kind of like, a, you know, just like watching it here and there. Uh, but I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll dip my toes into the water here and there and play, you know, uh, a circuit main event or whatever. Sure. Uh, I still love it. I was waiting for the punchline to be, yeah, I'm cutting down on playing poker. I'm down to like 40 hours a week now. <laughs> In L.A., it's really easy to not play poker. Like, there's lots of other stuff to do. And it's been really cool watching Adam sort of evolve uh, beyond poker player and, and sort of take up some other interests. Also interesting to watch when he says like be more careful with money watching poker players like when they're not like rolling in dough constantly anymore is really funny adam's always like oh i don't know if i can really uber over there i can take a, <laughs> i can take a lime scooter <laughs> yeah uh it, it is really interesting because when i like we'll say three years ago when i was like all right i gotta give something else a shot let's go move to la and try you know just try something else my spending habits were absolutely beyond atrocious at that point. <laughs> and then I felt like I made my spending habits so much better and they were still atrocious. Like that's how <laughs> bad, I guess, comparatively poker players spend money compared to the average human. I'm still at atrocious as opposed to incredibly atrocious. Um, <laughs> not that I ever had poker player money, but I did have poker streaming money for like a hot minute and now i'm in the same situation where i'm like do i really need the large fries from mcdonald's i'll take the medium yeah i mean way to cut corners there appreciate it well, well done so joe you think that you will go back to poker one day 
I mean, I think that I, I, you know, want to go back to it as, uh, as like a, you know, I mean, maybe one of those guys who's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a business owner, but I play poker on the side. Nice. Um, no, I mean, like, I, I just want to feel comfortable playing poker. Um, uh, I guess on my terms, not. It's something that I did, you know, for a living for a long time, and yeah, maybe I eventually got like kind of like these esports guys that got pushed out and didn't have maybe the work ethic or, or got a little bored with the game, and and you know the the younger guys, uh, or sorry, not edged out. It's called aged out. But I mean, I you know to some extent, and I do believe that I can still kind of return and. Uh, have like I've played some of the best poker I think I've personally ever played in the past like three or four months since I've been kind of there there definitely I've definitely had mental blocks um in my own game that I have been ha- I mean I literally went to Elliot Rowe like I had like one class that he was very nice to honor uh you know like four years from like three or four years ago left and uh, he just was, I basically asked him point blank, I don't know if I should just quit poker entirely or if there was a mental block. And he was just like, there's a, there's a, it's, it's like unequivocally a mental block. You've left a lot of money on the table. And it's like, that hurts me to hear, but it was also like a, a real, a very real moment for me that I was like kind of happy to hear that because it's like, oh, like maybe, you know, you aren't performing to your highest, uh, perf- you know, optimal performance. So, yeah, I'd like to come back at some point and really give it like a good, you know, shot, but not until I feel comfortable in other aspects of life, I guess. Can you shed a little light on what the mental block was? I mean, he basically said I've been self-sabotaging all my life. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's just like, but I think we all are self-sabotagers, you know, to some extent. Um, And... There's just a lot of things that, you know, did he, yeah. did he, did he cite the mustache as an example or, uh, he did not. He actually applauded it, Joe. Um, <laughs> and you're now, you're now your jealousy. Maybe, you know, he would tell say, Joe, you're incredibly jealous of people who can grow a mustache. <laughs> just a quick aside here, Joe, you and I are always having conversations about potential guests for the podcast. Elliot Rowe is someone we should certainly speak to in the new year, and I'm pretty sure we can get him. Yeah, no, we should definitely speak to him, but do you think he would charge us for a session? <laughs> As I said, I, I, have a, I have a route. We have a channel that we can use for that one. Um, Adam, every poker player who's been on TV has something they're known for. Moneymaker pulled off the so-called bluff of the century. Kasuf will always be associated with nine high like a boss. You'll always be remembered as the guy who dropped a poker chip into a cup of water. Uh, I think that is hilarious that that's what you think I'm remembered for. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I I actually have still never seen that clip somehow. And I still remember it being hilariously like, like it was, it was, I was dumbfounded as to what to do somehow. Like it was like, I, I needed to call the floor and like, I don't know what to do. That's in, in water. Uh, I think it was because I was moving all these chips from another. Cause I was, yeah, I had a lot of chips at the time and I was moving like they're all in racks. And then I somehow, I, I've still never seen anyone else do it to be honest. No, like I've never seen 
anyone drop a chip into a glass. It's a unique all. incident, which is why you'll be remembered for it. And I'm glad you haven't seen the clip because I think Joe is pretty merciless on you. The fact that, and I get why you did it, but the fact you call floor, it's like, oh my God, these precious poker professionals need someone to fish a chip out of a glass of water for them. I mean, yeah. that puts a whole new spin on, like, imagine if Adam had gone all in in that situation and had the guy covered by the chip that was in his <laughs> cup. Like, all it takes is a chip in a cup and a chair was is really the spin I need for my catchphrase to keep it alive. I mean, yeah, I think that's a hilarious moment. But I, I actually, I mean, I'm, so, I, I'm a little, like, the Queen Ten hand, I feel like, is just the iconic thing for, for Yeah, tell us me, about what you think that you're known for as far would, as TV hands are concerned. It would it would definitely be the Queen Ten, but I personally think that the um, my small little cameo in the John Robert Balland hand where I have to tell him that he can still hit an eight is, like, my favorite <laughs> hand of all of them. <laughs> The cameo appearances, the supporting roles are always the best ones. Like everyone who is at the table when Helmuth sounded off about the idiot from Northern Europe is, you know, still for them going to be their best memory. Um, so what is your daily routine now? What have you got going on? Uh, well, I started a, so I moved to LA. I kind of had this weird, uh, honestly, it was kind of a, it sounds kind of crazy, but it made us a, a I'm giving you the long answer. Uh, I'll try to abbreviate it, but that's okay. We got time to fill. No, it's fine. You're the guest. Uh, Go ahead. Basically, I made a uh, six-month plan when I like last year to the. Uh, I went back to poker for a bit, made a six-month plan, and actually like wrote some options of where that six-month plan would end. And one of them was literally moving into a house with the four guys that I moved into a house with in LA in January. So it was fucking like crazy how it kind of maybe, you know, if you want to get very, uh, you know, hippy dippy and say like, I put it into the world, into the universe. Well, it like kind of materialized. So one of those guys I ended up starting a company with called uh, games and grooves. Um, just cause I kind of felt like I had to do this. Uh, we were both creatives and, uh, he's a DJ and we both love gaming and Joe's actually been to a few of our events um and it's like we last one we threw a mario kart tournament and the one before that it was a cornhole tournament and there's good house music playing and some other events and it's at a bar and it's uh, super fun we talk a lot about in the poker industry about community you know jason somerville's got a great community poker stars vr has got a great community adam is building a really great community here in la um where Video games, uh, esports, whatever you want to call them, are, aren't just for dorks anymore. It's actually like a thing that cool people do and cool people have grown up with. And Adam's events, I, I must say, are really fun events, typically on weeknights, which I think is a great fit for them. Um, and uh, he, he throws these really cool cool things that go on in Los Angeles and I, I, I get to go to them and I get to go show up with them, but also which, uh, you had some ringers show up for the last one, right? For the Mario Kart. Oh yeah. That one was, uh, so, so the thing is, is, you know, it's, it's, a you learn as you go sometimes. And we know that if you slap like a, Hey, we're playing this hardcore game, uh, you know, like you go league of legends or some, you know, you're going to get the hardcore gamers. And Mario Kart on Switch kind of bled into that a little bit. And there was a guy, I remember his uh, first, so he was one of the first guys who liked the post on like a, on uh, Facebook for the event. And <laughs> Always a scary side. 
And I happened to look at his uh, profile, and it was him flexing with two Mario Kart controller or Mario uh, Switch controllers God. behind a Mario Kart like uh, arcade game, like one of like you could sit in the Mario Kart. And I was like, that guy's winning the tournament. And sure enough, he went wire to wire. There were multiple people that brought their own controllers. And once you bring your own controller to a free Mario Kart tournament, you're a pretty serious gamer. I would say the only thing that was more interesting than that was one of your first events uh, when you were doing Rocket League. And there was like a 14-year-old kid that came with a like a doting mother that just sat quietly on the sidelines. And that kid smoked everyone also. Oh, yeah. His uh, name was September. I'm curious how he's doing in the Rocket League uh, circles now. But <laughs> there were, I, I'm not even joking. There was an event. I don't think Stapes was at it. But there was an event, one of these Rocket League events, where I post, someone hit me up on Reddit. It was the father of this kid who was like eight years old and who really wanted to play in the Rocket League tournament. So his dad brought him to the bar. On, in like Hollywood from like Long Beach on a Tuesday, which is like, that's like an hour and, and change just to get back uh, each way. And then the, guy, the kid ended up getting third and he was unreal at the game. And it just made me be like, holy shit, like these kids are going to be so much better than like any game that I've ever played on average. And yeah. it's just, yeah. This eight-year-old is better at Rocket League than I have been at anything in my entire life. Uh, exactly. Scary shit. Adam, part of the tradition on this show is that we play a stupid game. And uh, this week we're playing a stupid game and grooves, uh, which is just a, it's a game about popular music in video games and popular music from video games. Are you ready? Sure. Well, uh, I'll give it a shot. All right. Here we go. Question number one. Which video game during its opening titles used the song Superman by Goldfinger? Was it Crazy Taxi, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Toe Jam and Earl 2, or Jeremy McGrath Supercross? Wow, that last one's a great reference. I used to be such a Supercross fan, but I'm going with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Tony Hawk Pro Skater is correct. Yes. You are one for one. Question number two, which two games are mentioned in Lana Del Rey's song, Video Games? Is it Pool and Darts, Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, Counter-Strike and Call of Duty, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Echo the, Echo the Dolphin? Wow, I didn't realize that. I don't know any of, I didn't know that, but now I have to re-listen the, the, her song. I'm going to go with Pool and Darts. Pool and Darts is correct, you're two for two. Trick question. Those aren't video games, though. I love the idea of Lana Del Rey referencing Counter-Strike and Call of Duty, though. <laughs> <laughs> question number three. The Super Mario Brothers theme song, which has become a groove in its own right, uh, what was the composer's follow-up game? Was it Kung Fu, The Mysterious Murasami Castle, Volleyball, or The Legend of Zelda? Legend of Zelda has to be. Le Legend of Zelda is correct. All of those games, by the way, were uh, composed, had their theme song composed by the same composer, but Legend of Zelda was next. Well done. You're three for three out of James. It's the season finale, and someone's crushing one of my stupid games. You are three <laughs> for three, but there are seven questions. Can you run the board? 
The tension oh is almost God. bearable. Question number four, Grand Theft Auto Vice City featured a DJ within the game nicknamed Lady Kill Killer, whose real name in the game sounds a lot like a professional poker player. Was that DJ's real name? Chrissy Bricknell, Paul Howlmouth, Fader Holds, or Oliver Biscuit? Uh, Paul Howlmouth. Oh, you finally missed one. Paul uh, Howlmouth. Incorrect. We were looking for Oliver Biscuit. Oliver Lady one. Killer Biscuit from Fever 105. By the oh, way, wow. I wrote I wrote that question incorrectly and sent sent the quiz to James. And without even looking it up, he was like, "You messed this up." It's I know <laughs> this game very well. And I owned the seven CD soundtrack album to Vice City. Wait, didn't you mess up that? Didn't you play that game so much that when you got behind the wheel of a car afterward that you drove on the wrong side of the road? Yeah, I played Vice City for like seven hours straight and then actually got in a car and was driving on the American side of the road. Yeah, <laughs> that is a true story. Question number five. Which Rolling Stones jam was used in 2010's Call of Duty Black Ops? Was it Satisfaction? Was it Sympathy for the Devil? Was it Wild Horses, or was it Paint It Black? Paint It Black. Oh, trick answer there. We were looking for Sympathy for the Devil. You are now two and three. No, three and two. Three and two. I'm over 500. Okay, all right, fine. Question up. James keeps score. I don't really do that. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It, it, it's time to take a break. It's uh, all the, my, my tables are uh, It's 55 past the hour. We have to take a break. <laughs> Fortunately, it's a podcast which can be listened to at any point, so that reference There's... doesn't necessarily translate. That's amazing that Adam is still in that mode. Wow. <laughs> Question number six of seven. The game Revolution X is an on-rail shooter similar to Terminator 2 in which the player must rescue which band? Is it Aerosmith, U2, Guns N' Roses, or Metallica? Aerosmith. Aerosmith is correct. Don't give yes. up. Don't give up. That's what he used to say when you would run out of quarters. Uh, question number seven. Final question. Final question. What is the name of the Tetris theme? Is it Corba Benyeki or The Peddlers? Is it Pyotr Tensuyet Pokti Navzgedi or Peter Dances Nearly Forever? Is it Padayashevsky Kirpichi or Falling Bricks or Silabyovyu Mame with Love to Mother? I had no idea how to name. I just know it as the Tetris theme. I'm going number three, Falling Bricks. I feel like it's that guy. Falling Bricks is a made-up dumb answer by Joe Stapleton. By the way, if uh, you want to play this up pronunciation, it's fine. I butchered all of those. Uh, we were looking for Korobobinyeki or The Peddlers. Even so, even so, it's a winning score, four and three. I do feel you kind of got bocked there, though, Adam, because it was at the point that Joe drew attention to your winning score that it all started to go pear-shaped. Whoops. Yeah, that's, that's, that's composure, you know? That's the, that's is there the mental a bus block. pulling up in your apartment? What the fuck is happening? I'm very sorry. That is the, uh, the garbage. It's garbage uh, day. Yeah, it's, it's garbage, garbage day. day. Wednesdays. 
55 past the hour. All right, we're going to let them take out the garbage. We're going to let Adam go back to bed. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Adam. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Poker in the ears. Before we introduce this week's superfan, Joe, you've been asking people to say kind words, and I picked out some of the comments we've had on Twitter, hashtag poker in the ears. Have you seen anyone write anything nice about us on iTunes? I have, but I'll say this. Uh, Quality-wise, thank you. Quantity-wise, I'm underwhelmed. Uh, I've got... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven reviews, uh, which is great, but it's seven reviews in the recent uh, history. And then before that, it was like March. Now, could we be overestimating the percentage of listeners who have Apple devices? If we were to check Spotify, for example, if we were to check Google podcasts, would we be finding more reviews? Uh, that's a good question to ask. I don't know. I feel like most people do their things on Apple, but I feel like that might be a bubble. We probably need to do a completely unscientific survey and ask you to tweet, hashtag poker in the ears, what device you actually listen on and whether our assumptions are correct or grossly incorrect. Anyway, uh, who's sent in a review in the last few weeks? Let's see. We've got a twisted beaver eater who says the best podcast since MJ and Adam look forward to to it every week and that's of course they're referencing two plus two i appreciate that that's great company to be in uh chd says lots of fun uh you don't have to be a poker fan to enjoy the show lots of pop culture lots of fun trivia and lots of silliness catch stapes doing stand-up too his vegas show was great Uh, i swear i didn't specifically pick that one are you sure you're not writing these yourselves under pseudonyms I will read the chunkiest review from November uh, 14th from B-Way Swing Monkey. In addition to getting information on what's happening in the poker world, I've also walked away with some excellent movie and TV recommendations. You don't have to be an avid poker player with HUDs and solvers to enjoy this (laughs) podcast. You just have to enjoy listening to guys with great chemistry who happen to be really knowledgeable about the world of poker and are incredibly funny to boot. Thank you, guys. Thanks for those reviews. I appreciate you. Uh, let's get through some tweets then. Uh, this is feedback on last week's show from Ronnie D. This week's episode was awesome and inspiring. I hope there'll be more health and fitness segments. <laughs> Not sure if serious. Uh, multiple tweets from Chris Gumperich. I promise to give Poker in the Ears a five-star review if they accidentally delete episode 113. And we're uh, hashtag worst... Hashtag worst superfan ever. That was the episode that Chris appeared on. So he's saying we need to delete that. Alternatively, Chris Gumprich writes, I promise to give Poker in the Ears a five-star review if Stapes will finally tell the story of his visit to the London (laughs) School of Economics. So someone uh, actually got in touch with me about this. I I hate to disappoint you. I don't fucking remember. The weird thing is, there was a story behind it. You did have an anecdote, and we ran out of time, so you put it on the back burner. Then it became a running joke for a few weeks, and it's the thing that we never actually got to. And now, even if we did have time, you've completely forgotten. I remember the gist of it, and it was like a pretty lively debate over the Phil Ivey lawsuit. Uh, And I think I remember not knowing that's what it was going to be about. And, you know, we had people who took both sides of that. 
you know, is the casino at fault here? Is Phil Ivy a cheater? And it was like a solid sort of two hour back and forth uh, between various pundits. And guess what? I, I didn't have an opinion at the time. I was the MC, more or less. So, um, of course, I took the side of, man, fuck casinos. H- however, there were people that made strong arguments for why uh, Phil may have been at fault there and not uh, the winner in this situation. And as the court case played out, uh, the courts agreed with that side. I'm not going to lie. I preferred it where it was a bit where we never actually heard the story. Uh, <laughs> final tweet from Chris Gumprich. I promise to give Poker in the Ears podcast a five-star review if James will say the words urinal controversy in the next episode. Hashtag fun with accents. You got Wait, what you asked for. controversy or controversy? I deliberately did it the wrong way. Oh, I uh, see. Ryan Abbott gets in touch to say finished every episode in less than six months. Love this podcast. <laughs> hoping I'm eligible for Superfan versus Stapes. It's an achievement, Ryan, for sure. I saw what you said back to him. Didn't you, like, apologize? <laughs> I think I said congratulations slash I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but obviously Ryan is eligible for Superfan versus Stapes. I think Ryan suggested The 40-Year-Old Virgin as his Superfan subject. It's a movie no one's picked yet. So, Ryan, we'll be in touch in the new year. We will get you booked to come on this show. Uh, Colin Capone writes, I drive around a lot during the day and Poker in the Ears is my favorite podcast to listen to while dodging potholes. Covers everything from <laughs> movies, TV, poker news, and the latest PokerStars promotions. Definitely recommend it. Potholes almost sounded racist there. Like, oh, I'm trying to stay away from these potholes. Luckily, just it still just means what it sounds like. Harry Messenger directs his tweet at the PokerStars Fat Cat. He says, please renew Poker in the Ears for 2020. Need my weekly dose of James and Joe. And uh, I thought this final message from Matt C was quite good. Reliving some of the highlights of 2019. <laughs> so a little bit of a nostalgia fest for our season finale. Sure. Uh, the Moneymaker episode was great. Brian Copperman was awesome too. Enjoyed yeah. the shows with Maria Ho and Patrick Antonius. Not forgetting Andrea Kari too. Uh, been great listening to you guys, your fantastic ambassadors and hosts. Thank you, Matt. And I agree with you. We've had some really good guests this year. We Obviously, did. it's easy to pick out highlights like Brian Copperman, a really great get, a guy who's involved in poker but isn't necessarily a, a poker industry person. But equally, some of the regular Joes, the money makers, the Spraggies, the Akaris, and also the kind of poker legends, people like Maria and Patrick Antonius. It's been a really good lineup, I think, over the last few months. Yeah, we've been very, very lucky this year. We got we had a lot of very good guests and people that I was shocked said yes to us. So thank you to all those guests and and to the folks who listened along. Can't do it without you guys. We've also had some great super fans as well. That's what we call a segue in this business. Press the button. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stakes. The final Superfan of 2019. Please welcome to the Poker in the Ears podcast, Jody Ann Winter, a.k.a. The Growler. <coughs> Was that the requisite number of R's? Uh, I think it's just two, but you can add as many as you like. Hey, it's great to be here. It feels so weird knowing your name is, is Jody Ann. Like, I feel like I've seen you naked. <laughs> it feels so weird that the world now knows my name is Jody Ann as well. Uh, we might have to bleep that out. We, <laughs> we, unfortunately, this is very much 
IRL rather than VR, which is the specialist subject of this week's Superfan Quiz, specifically PokerStars VR. And Jody Ant Joe has done nothing but sing your praises because you were his light, his guide, his beacon when he first, first stepped into this magical space. It was an absolute pleasure. I've been trying to get Joe into VR for over a year now. All it would take is just a, a, a woman to flirt with me uh, nonstop <laughs> in order to get me into poker. No, VR is great in and of itself. And uh, the fact that Jody Ann's been so generous with me, I really appreciate you. Thank you. And I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show. W what can you tell us about your life outside of VR? Ooh, well, um, I'm, a, I'm a dog groomer. Um, I don't really do anything exciting. I spend way too many hours playing poker and VR and also playing on the PokerStars client whilst playing PokerStars VR. So <laughs> that's, that's a new type of multi-tabling that I've not come across before. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. How do you ever, uh, are you ever grooming dogs well in VR? <laughs> oh, do you, do you know, I'm not, but um, on the road to PSPC, I did make it through to, I think it was the third or fourth round, and that happened while I was at work, and I was playing that while I was grooming a mountain dog on my mobile. So it's tough to do VR and do anything else. That's one of the things that I've learned, but it turns out you have played on regular poker stars while doing your day job. Yes, yes, I have. And I do now have a quest, so when I have downtime at my day job, I can play in VR. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, look, Growler is super de dedicated. I know Growler kind of has her uh, sights set on being the, the VR ambassador. And like I mentioned, I was I thought I wanted this job until yep. I saw how dedicated some of these people were. Uh, Growler being one of them. Growler, uh, if you had to make a case right now for being that ambassador, what would you say? Um. Well, that's a tough one, actually, Joe, because I hadn't actually considered coming on and doing a plug for myself as I'm ah. <laughs> I would obviously say vote the growler. Um, I would say I don't I don't really want the title of ambassador kind of for the status or the perks or anything. Um, I want the opportunity to show VR to the world while it's in its infancy. Um, I think it's really important that anyone who cares about the poker industry on the whole takes notice of VR now. I think they need to be investing their time there and making sure it develops in the best way possible because I have no doubt that VR is the future of poker. What happens in VR now will affect the poker industry in directly in the next 10 years. And um, yeah, don't dismiss it. It's in its infancy and now is the time that we can kind of develop and make sure that the best things come out of it possible. So yeah, that's why... That's why I want the role, so I can try and make that happen. Drops mic, end speech, wins Superfan versus Stapes. Boom, done. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, tell me about Jeff, because he has very kindly provided me with the questions that sit on a sheet of A4 paper in my hand, because I, alas, do not know that much about PokerStars VR, so I've had to rely on his expertise. So Jeff is uh, the lead developer and he owns Lucky VR, who are the company that created oh. PokerStars VR. And I have to say, I managed to um, pester them uh, into letting me into the beta before PokerStars VR actually launched. And Jeff and his team played with us at the tables every single day, right through the beta. He was there listening to any questions we had, you know, taking any advice and input and implementing everything. The game was 
totally developed around the beta testers to make it as usable and as good as possible. And they were releasing updates every single day. They gave us our, our own special props. They let us develop props. They, they were just incredible. And that is purely the reason why PokerStars VR is so good. Because I've never known at the launch of a game a group of people being so dedicated to those beta testers would have done anything to make that game a success because they felt so respected and loved by the development team. Um, and that's the foundation of the community that Joe's now experienced. And um, Joe, you'll know that there's no way to describe the community in PokerStars VR unless you've experienced it. It's just incredible. And it all comes from from that uh, those early days and Jeff's input. That makes a lot of sense that it would be so important to the beta testers. I'm more of a VHS guy, so that's really... <laughs> oh, the old ones are the oldest. Uh, so thank you, Jeff, for compiling this quiz. Some of the questions are multiple choice, some of them are not, but there are two points available on every question. Uh, I may offer clues which will reduce the score from two to one, but we'll take it question by question. Uh, jody Ann, as our guest, as our superfan, you get to go first. Please give me a number between one and ten. I feel like the pressure's really on because I, there's a lot of things I don't know despite playing in there every single day. <laughs> um, um, it's always coming seven. Question number seven. Okay, which of the following team pros has not at some point played PokerStars VR? The list is Chris Moneymaker, Selena Lin, Kaladu So, Jason Somerville, Fatima DeMelo, and Jennifer Shahadi. One of those PokerStars team pros has not played PokerStars oh VR. Oh, my goodness. For two points, you can give me a name. For one point, I will give you a clue. Oh, I'm loving this quiz already. Well done, gang. Do you know, I, I've played... There's three of them that I haven't actually played with in there. Okay, so which three are we narrowing it down to? I'm going to go with Selena. I'm going to go with Selena. You're going to go with Selena. You should have possibly taken the clue. The answer was actually yep. Jennifer Shahadi. Okay, there we go. <laughs> See? I would have got that one wrong. I thought for sure she would have played VR. Yeah, so did I. Joe, your She's first question. She's too busy playing Poker Stars New Jersey in PA. Not, yeah. not a loser. It was like a, me. it was a fifty-fifty. I should have taken the clue there. She's probably I'm, too I'm... busy playing chess and recording podcasts. Joe, exactly. first question, please. Okay, I'm going to mix things up. I've never chosen question number eight first. Question number eight is a multiple choice question. Which card protector in the game can smoke two cigarettes at the same time? <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna guess without the, the clues, the duck. Incorrect, and because the options haven't gone, Shit. you can steal, Jodian. Um. You can take the options for one point if you want. Yes, let's do that. Is it the stuffed bear, the cactus, the gingerbread house, or the island? I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with the gingerbread house. Correct, for one point. Yeah. And it is your question. Wow. You are on the board. You lead 1-0 after the first round. That gingerbread house smokes like a chimney. It explodes as well. Okay. Don't Second. show off. Second question. <laughs> you can have anything other than seven or eight. Um, let's go two. Question number two. What did Joe say that made a PokerStars VR player cry? <laughs> he said Donkla. He did indeed say Droplet more like Donkla for two <laughs> points. 
I didn't know this was going to be my greatest hits. Uh, some of the questions, way. sadly, do relate to you, uh, but you have to choose wisely. It took me two weeks to smooth that over as well, Joe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I should get a bonus point for that one. Uh, I mean, Joe. Look, in, in, re in R, in reality, it would have taken two weeks. In VR, it should have been a little bit faster. Okay, so here's <laughs> the thing, Joe. I don't normally like to signpost, but there is another question that relates to you. Can I recommend you take your lucky number? Question number nine, please. Question nine. Which PokerStars VR regular asked Joe on a date after searching his Google images. Oh, man. I'll know it when I hear it. I'll take the choices, please. There are no choices, but I can give you a clue. Oh. Okay, I'll take the clue. Combine an Annie Lennox album with a secret <laughs> agent. Oh, man. Uh... her name she's from new york she's got a fun little new york accent uh i don't know jody ann you can steal diva 007 correct for <laughs> a point uh you lead four nil going into the next round one three four five six and ten all available should point out by the way there's a fun bonus round once we've done the ten questions I'll take number four, please. Number four. Name six playing environments in PokerStars VR. If you can only get three, you only get one point. Six. Okay. We have Macau 2050, the Macau Suite, the Showdown Saloon, the Void, the Monte Carlo Lock, Yacht, the Galaxy Space Station, the Arena, okay, and... Okay, 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 that's enough. tomorrow, we have the Spice Headquarters. <laughs> that is a very positive, strong two-point answer. Congratulations. Um, Joe, <laughs> you've got some catching up to do, buddy. You're trailing 6-0. Uh, question six, how about? <laughs> question number six. As part of Ali Shaban's 12 Labors Challenge, what sacred item did he need to retrieve in PokerStars VR? Multiple choice options are available if you want to play for one point. I, I, I mean, I'm so far behind, but I got to get one instead of zero. Was it the Golden Apple, the Silver Horse, the Bronze Sword, or the Platinum Fleece? Platinum Fleece. Incorrect. It was the Golden Apple. Why did I not get a chance to, to, to steal you that? You can only <laughs> steal if the options haven't gone. Those are the rules. I make the rules. You don't get to argue with me. You're winning. Do You're not derail it. You're only 6-0. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Keep me on side. 1, 3, 5, or 10, Jodianne. Um, 10. Question number 10. What Sammy Faha phrase does the PokerStars VR dealer sometimes say? <laughs> um, Razy Daisy. Correct for two points. Joe, you can have one, three, or five. Doesn't matter. It's, uh, one. PokerStars <laughs> VR player smells so good, claims she has four boyfriends. What does she mean by that? The four kings in the deck. Correct for two points. All right, I'm on the board. Well done, Joey. Uh, final round. Jody Ann, you can have one or three. Um, I'll take number three, please. Poker slang slash PokerStars VR equivalent. What is the PokerStars VR equivalent of going south? <laughs> um, it is when you win a big hand and then leave the table and bank all of your chips and return with a small amount. And the word you would use for that in the VR universe? Banking? Correct, for one point. Shoving every hand. 
The poke Bingo. Stop. Bingo, correct, for another point. There's your two <laughs> points for question number three. Joe, final question is question number five. Player Zaf from Australia can spawn what unique prop? Uh, a Crocodile Dundee hat. Would you like to take the options? Yes, yeah, sorry, I didn't know there was options. Yes, please, sorry. Is it a didgeridoo, a kangaroo, a dingo, or a boomerang? A boomerang. It is a kangaroo, which means you end the game with two points. Jodian, you have ten points, but it's not over yet. I did mention there's a special bonus round. Price is right rules applies. Pokestars VR props and apparel. Closest to the correct stars cred value gets the point. We'll just do it as an over-under. Joe, first question, you get to set the line. Cigar, how many creds? 500. Jodian, over or under? Under. It's 20 creds. You are correct. You score a point. Jodie Ann, please set the line. Fidget spinner. Two hundred and fifty. Joe, over or under? Under. You lose. It's five hundred and fifty creds. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Joe, set the line, please. Santa rubber ducky. How many creds? Oh my goodness. Six hundred and seventy-five. Jodie Ann, over or under? I haven't seen this item for nearly a year. It's now nearly December again, and it'll be back in store. Um, I'm going to go under. You should have gone over, Joe. You get another oh. point. It's one thousand and fifty creds. Um, That's who, a lot of creds. That is a lot of creds. Um, who's setting the line? Jodie Ann, you're setting the line. Space Hooker. Or Hooker. 4,200. Joe, over or under? Under. Correct. It's 2,500. And oh, finally. Wow. I'm so bad at this. Joe Stapleton. Pearl Necklace. The Pearl Necklace, well. It's quite spendy in real life. I'm going to set the line at 7,000 creds. Oh, under. Under for sure. It's 1,300 creds, which means uh, that didn't really change the end result. It would have been very hard for that to happen. Uh, <laughs> Joe, you did score four points in the end, so it wasn't a complete shit show. But Jody Ann, with 13 points, you are a winner, which means you are going to get to play PokerStars real life because we're going to give you an EPT Prague satellite ticket. Um, and also, we'll ship you some PokerStars merch as well. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And you get one step closer, whatever that means, to possibly being the VR ambassador. That, there's a lot of steps to go, but I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. We're almost out of time for this season's worth of shows. I know it's a little bit weird to be doing the last show of the year in November. It's just the way it fell this year. So yeah. no episodes in December. Hopefully, watch out on Twitter. I'll let you know if and when we're coming back in January. Once again, just one last hard push for those reviews on wherever you listen to the show. Please like, subscribe, and comment because guess what? That is all the time we've got for this year's shows. We are out of here. Thank you so much for everything. Hopefully, we will be back next year. But for now, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Bye.